skin itch, and you start to scratch. Skin sores. Kidney disease. Rheumatic heart disease. Rheumatic fever. Crusted scabies. Streptococcal infection. Preventable, treatable, curable. That's where all the sickness comes from. Though long banished to the history books in the modern urban setting, scabies is a disease that is an everyday reality in the remote Indigenous communities of the Northern Territory. One Disease is a not-for-profit organisation that aims to eliminate crusted scabies, the most serious form of the condition, as a public health concern. In this podcast series, we scratch the surface to reveal the history and origin of scabies, current treatment strategies, and just how One Disease plans to achieve their ambitious goal. Scratching the surface, the scabies story. G'day, and welcome to this episode of Scratching the Surface, the scabies story, brought to you by One Disease. I'm Brad Firebrace and I'm joined in Skinny Fist Studios here in Darwin by my trusty offsider Jacko from One Disease. How you going Brad? And we are privileged to have as a guest today Norma Benja. Norma is culturally known as Chindapee and is a Marathil woman from the Daly River region and a renowned local artist. Norma has a long history in Indigenous health including 15 years at MSHR. Yeah, that's the Menzies School of Health Research. Sorry for the acronyms there, Brad. Right, gotcha. But she spent 15 years there and I had the privilege of working alongside her, Norma, for about 13 years during that time. But there were many other things that Norma has done in health-related areas. Thanks for coming in, Norma. Can you paint us a bit of a picture of your cultural background? So I was born in Darwin but my cultural background is a bit of a bitsa. So um, I'm actually a Marathil woman from Daly River on my grandfather's side. I'm a Murinpata woman on my grandmother's side and I'm Kadij on my father's side. So, yeah, I cover the whole of the Northern Territory well with family. It's saying that I'm Marathil. So um, that's the Daly River region, but my actual tribal lands is Woody Kapaldeer. And that's on my grandfather's side. Okay. Yeah, and, so and Marathil is, is our language. And we're um, on the other side of the Daly River, so sort of west of Daly River, pretty remote. I want to ask Norma, could you go back in time when maybe you were young and, you know, before all of this work and this research and you found out all these things that then just comment about at your young age, have you did you experience seeing scabies or whatever? So the first time I actually ever heard about scabies as a kid was after Cyclone Tracy. Mm. So we were all little kids. I was about eight years old. And, um, yeah, one day this nurse came with these bottles of um, lotion. We all had to get into the bathtub together. House was still ripped apart, mm. but the bathroom and toilet was still working. Did and it have a colour? Yeah, it was sort of yellow, but it was called yeah. scabiol, I oh, know now. Yeah. They don't use it anymore. Um, we got friendlier medication now. Yeah, that sounded like horror movie stuff, medicine back then. It burnt into my brain, the story, watching my brothers, because they scrubbed our skin oh. raw and then they rubbed this thing in and it oh. burnt the hell out of us. And my brothers, I just remember them screaming and running, you know, running out of the house mm-hmm. down the road. <laughs> That's the story yeah. I was talking about before, after the cyclone, and they yeah. try to 
sheep dipas and yeah. this big yellow liquid in the oh, bathtubs. And as the uh, pecking order goes, the youngest went first. And when yeah. we heard him scream, all of us bolted and <laughs> ran the other direction. <laughs> well, I didn't get to run, so I, I had to suffer. But they said... Scabies was going to come through now because of the cyclone. Now as an adult, I think, how was that connected? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't they have it been blown away or something? Yeah, can you just touch on some of the work that you've done, like on your involvement in health research? Yeah, so this is actually where I first met Jacko. I was working at my first job was in research, working for Menzies School of Health Research, and that's straight up my work was in rheumatic fever and scabies. I worked at Menzies for 14 years and like Jacko said, I worked with him on numerous projects Mm -hmm. but one of those projects was looking at the strep germs. That was how my connection got to scabies. So the first part of it was working out on one particular community on the other side of Kales Crossing, Gunbalanya. So we Mm -hmm. did a Bubu scabies project. So Bubu means goodbye. So goodbye to scabies. And we did a one-day treatment and household clean-up and taught people how if you put your bedding and everything out in the sun, the sun will actually kill the scabies mite. And then we got the cream on people for getting rid of it off your body. We were trying to find out which strep is it that actually causes rheumatic fever or glomerulonephritis, so that strep can attack your heart and kidneys. So these are the consequence of scabies. When you scratch, you create an infection. They're those two main diseases, rheumatic fever, or three of them, rheumatic fever, rheumatic heart disease, and the kidney disease. So they were looking at group A versus group B, you know, trying to find out which one it is so you can treat it properly. Mm. And while we were doing that, I found out that there was these Aboriginal women, a couple of them that could actually see it. Because we were told that scabies mite is invisible to the naked eye Mm. and they said well there's actually a couple of ladies that can see the scabies mite but it was good atmosphere we had barbecues and workstations and people going around delivering washing powder and everything was thought of you know plus the educational stuff was at each station Um, and that's when I met some other women that talked about that they could see the scabies mite Uh, so after all of that happened I got approached by um, one of our laboratory mob that looked at scabies mites under the microscope and said they want to look into that. We were doing some stuff with the Bagot community, a local community, and um, there was a lady there that actually had been in Gunbalanya and seen, and, you know, the story got out that a few people could see it, you know, all these ladies, and, yeah, she said, yeah, you know, this is what they do. I'm always up for a challenge and I just said, show me. And then they showed me and guess what? I can see you, scabies. Yep. And you saw it I could away. see it straight away. Wow. They're actually quite fast. It actually ran up the needle and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And the laboratory people were right there, you know. They were. It just took off from there. They just said, yep, they can see them. Fighting many diseases by targeting one disease, scabies. Scratching the surface, brought to you by OneDisease.org. So what happened when word got around the research community that you and the Gumalanya ladies could see the mice with the naked eye? Yeah, okay, so 
when we talked about how I could see the mite and um, some other women in Gunbalanya could see the mite, continuing on with my work, um, an opportunity came along. So Miami University ran a um, study on the Kuna Indian people on the San Blas Islands off Panama. So I was chosen to go and work with the team. Um, so, yeah, I travelled over there, meeting up with the team in Miami and it's a very dangerous place. Going into another country without, we went in the back door, you know, because <laughs> you can't touch blinded studies. So you can't, you know, the quarantine people couldn't open up stuff. So we had to go into the country through another way. I hope I don't get anyone in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's only a stamp on my passport of me coming out, not going in. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then there's a ransom on your head because you're going into a dangerous place, you know. So it was quite scary and I was a bit ex- like really excited about also learning because I, I straight away, you know, wanted to know about the culture and what language to make work easier for me. So I started learning some Spanish words, you know, but when I got there they actually speak language called Thule, <laughs> so they didn't even speak Spanish. And, you know, um, very tribal people. They had Congresso. I was told that they were a matriarchal society. So I thought, oh, women are in charge. Got there, the Congresso are men, but the women in the huts are actually the boss of the son-in-law, which is totally opposite to Aboriginal culture for me, my culture, is we're not allowed to talk to our son-in-laws, you know. So it was a, yeah, different, you know, learning thing for me culturally as well as professionally in the health arena. These are tiny little islands off the coast of Panama. So um, I don't know if they're still there because they actually had holes in them and then they're just on the, the sea level. Flew out on a cardboard plane. It landed on the edge of the ocean, jumped in canoes, they paddled us out to these islands. Such a crazy journey. Yeah. So the Miami University wanted to test two scabies treatment of permethrin. So there was the normal permethrin. This is the nicer cream that you put on. And they said there was a little bit of resistance. So they put some tea tree oil in the other cream. So permethrin one versus permethrin two. So in the study, they wanted the Kuna Indian people couldn't be a part of the study unless I could see a mite. And the connection there was that Kuna Indian people could see the mite too. So I had these Aboriginal people, you know, on the San Blas Islands, women mainly that worked in our small groups that could see the mite as well. So what we do is scabies lives in a, they burrow in. And when they burrow in and, you know, your immune system kicks in and then you get a little response, which is a little bump comes up. And it's sort of clear, like a little pustule, but it's clear. So you just get a needle, you bust it, and then you poke around and then the mite actually comes up on the needle. Yeah, and then I'd have to side it. And we had these little tubes, you put it in, close the lid so it doesn't escape, and then they could have the cream. Like where in Australia we get the cream for free, they had to be a part of a project to be able to get it because poor country, see? So, yeah, so I was going around with the other ladies and we were, you know, we really wanted to pick the mite 
so they could get cream because these little huts had kids, families, grandmothers, all that, all covered in scabies, except the men because they were the fishermen and they'd go out in the ocean and they'd dive for crayfish and, you know, they were strong. Their immunity was right up there, healthy people, you know, plus going in the salt water all the time. That's um, interesting. Yeah. These huts were full of scabies and everyone wanted us, you know, they'd be like, come here, we got some here, you know. So I'd pick the mite and the other ladies would pick the mite and then we'd put the cream on them and, you know, it was a blinded study so you never knew which cream that you was putting on them so they can prove what was working. And how long were you over there for in in the study? Uh, we were over there for I think around 12 weeks. Um, long time. Yeah. We had a bit of a break, like we'd go back to Panama for break and then we'd go back to the island but, you know, those conditions, we had to be careful because the, the environment there was that there was Colombians coming through, oh, you wow. know, so it's a dangerous place to be and work in. But what an opportunity, you know, and that was the connection between us being able to see the mite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so spent that time there and that experience has stayed with me for life. Scratching the Surface, the scabies story. Brought to you by One Disease. To scratch a little deeper, head to onedisease.org. Norma, you've been involved with health for well over 30 years, predominantly in the Northern Territory. Uh, you live out in communities as, as an Aboriginal woman, so you would obviously be aware of the extent, I guess, of that you've experienced and seen with, with scabies. I'm wondering if you could comment on what you remember for that time you were there in the Panama in regards to a comparison of the severity of those people and, say, Aboriginal people with scabies. Well, for me, the worst-case scenario is that crusted scabies. You know, that was like 30,000 mites per five centimetre on your skin. That's a lot of mites. That's insane. That's insane, And yes. where was that? The first I heard of that was here in Australia in an Aboriginal okay. community. Yep. But over there, yep, they had crusted scabies in the huts. They didn't have health care. So being a part of the project, the Kuna Indians could get treatment. We bought them things like fridges and things that they needed on the community, some power, some solar panels, you know, so like payoff, you know, because they had no health care. Mm. They had one Panamanian, no, he was Kuna Indian doctor, but he lived in Panama and he travelled out, you know, and but they didn't have much health care. It was really um, sad. And the way scabies was making them sick was like they live on an island. The men actually went out and fished in canoes and they had really good skin but it was inside the huts, you know, that scabies was actually affecting them. So back here in Australia, you know, like while we do have treatment, comparison to them is it's just totally different the way that one has health care and one didn't. And, yeah, that's the things I thought about when I was over there. Um, so back in Panama, you said that the women and children who were, spent most of their time in the huts, they had this crusted scabies, but the men um, who were out hunting every day um, in the salt water, their skin was clear 
and healthy. You do reckon it was the salt water? Because up here, it's, we're surrounded by salt water and we're still, you know, scabies is still in the community. You know, I observe men going out in their canoes every morning and they didn't sort of have shirts on, you know, they had their tribal sort of lap-laps or naga, you know, and they dived for crayfish. Yeah. So they were right in the salt water. And the women did like women here, did all the, you know, bread making and all of that at the hut. But every hut we were told to check the grandmothers and the hammocks because they sleep in hammocks. We were told to check the grandmothers and a lot of times they were the ones that had the crusted scabies and, you know, they'd be the ones looking after the babies and the women, the younger women, you know, the mothers were out and about more. So, yeah, there was always a source in every hut. So you've got to think about those things, you know, like why are the men healthier, who's in the hut, and it's people's lifestyles you've got to look at, I think. And same with Aboriginal mob here, you know, it's sort of similar. So maybe it is salt water and swimming more. It, you know, definitely with hygiene, hygiene practices is a part of scabies, you know, part of that whole thing that you've got to look at. Prevention. Yeah. I don't know whether Brad was hitting you with a loaded question there. So, Brad, you jumped on the saltwater thing and we're surrounded by saltwater. So are you sort of thinking along the lines of maybe if we've got all those people affected by scabies, if we give them a big dip in the saltwater for a period of time that something might happen? Well, may I remind you, my brother boy, Yorta Yorta man from Shepparton, freshwater country. Up here, saltwater mob. Well, before we go in there, we're going to think about box jellyfish. We're going to think about catfish. We're going to think about stonefish. We're going to think about blue ringed octopus. Not to mention Baru, the crocodile. So I'm wondering, are you going to think about maybe doing this? saltwater pool dips free of all those <laughs> well, ugly creatures that, that you say that, scabies are probably not as dangerous as the rest so <laughs> likely it is uh, yep. yeah, yeah now you told me an interesting story the other day Norma I mean we, you talk right back to 74 and we don't hear about scabies and, and everyone's been trying to get rid of scabies now that's a long time this has been going on for but Talking about rheumatic fever now, you you know, we're supposed to be getting on top of things now, but only recently you told me a story about your son who's in his 30s, he's just been diagnosed with rheumatic fever and found it while he spent a short time in prison. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. That's amazingly unacceptable. Yeah, and it goes against everything. I grew this child up, you know, and he goes to an institution that has overcrowding because it's overcrowding that yeah. you can this disease thrives in. Mm. I asked him, like, is there air conditioning? He said, no, it's tropical in there, <laughs> hot. Well, there so, you go. Yeah, yeah, and they're overcrowded, you know, and um, I thought that it's young people that gets rheumatic fever and then you're on your prophylaxis till mm. you're 30. Well, he's mm. got it at 30, so how long's he on his bicillin for? What, mm. the next 60 years? Or, you know, however long he lives. But also my granddaughter, who's 14, I spent 10 days in hospital with her. Wow. So same thing, the strep went into her kidneys. 
Oh you know, goodness, and both yeah. her kidneys stopped working. She was, you know, really unwell and for and, 10 and, days. And sort of like how how recent is this? Norma? This is um, about four months ago, my oh, granddaughter. My and my son was only two months ago. So where are we going with this? This is going around and around and around. It's been eradicated out of the rest of Australia. You know, you saw it in the trenches with the troops and it's a disease of poverty and overcrowding and it Mm. shouldn't be here in Australia. That means we haven't addressed one of the other four things in the social determinants of health. Housing, that's the key thing. I learnt about this disease in my 20s, you know, I'm in my 50s now and nothing's changed. So it's really sad and it's actually affecting immediately my family now and, you know, so many others. Scratching the Surface, the Scabies Story, produced by Skinny Fish Music for One Disease. You can download other episodes or the whole series from your favourite podcast provider. And for more information and resources, head to our website at onedisease.org.